Hello and welcome to Family Room Discussions, where you invite me, Dalton Anderson, to your Come Follow Me study, and we discuss ideas, questions, and insights to the week's lesson. Let me be clear, I am not a church historian or a scripture scholar. I am your average saint trying to build my faith in Christ and deepen my testimony of the gospel and the scriptures, and I have found that by discussing Come Follow Me with others, it helps me to do just that. My sincere hope is that for those struggling to study Come Follow Me for whatever reason, maybe because you're single and you don't have others to study with, or like me, your kids are still too young to understand English, or really for any other reason, that you will allow me to join your family for about 30 minutes to help with that gospel dialogue. With that, let's start this family room discussion. Brothers and sisters, family and friends, this is episode 8, following along with lesson 8, 2 Nephi, chapters 11 to 25, and whoo-hoo, that was a nice chunk of reading we had this week. So before I get into it, I wanted to correct something that I had made last episode. So I made a reference in the last episode to A Christmas Carol, how Ebenezer Scrooge's business partner was Bob Marley. Okay, no, uh, I was mistaken. That is the Jamaican singer. And although that is a funny twist on a Christmas classic, who I really meant to say was Jacob Marley, so I wanted to correct that. I uh, caught that too late, but it happens. So anyway, my bad. Let's jump into the lesson. So before the chapter intro... Up at the top, it says, Nephi taught that Isaiah's words are plain unto all those that are filled with the spirit of prophecy. As you read, seek the spirit of prophecy by preparing yourself spiritually, listening to the spirit, and recording your impressions. And I just thought that's a super cool invitation. I kind of needed that reminder that sometimes I forget just because I don't have the spiritual gifts naturally, um, like the spirit of prophecy, for example, does not mean that I shouldn't be seeking after those spiritual gifts. We're, We're invited and encouraged to seek after spiritual gifts. And this was a cool invitation that they have at the beginning of the lesson that uh, we can be seeking after the spirit of prophecy. So it was a cool reminder and something that changed my um, my study this week and something that I want to remember going forward in other lessons too, uh, just to be seeking after the spirit of prophecy and, and discernment and other things. Um, yeah, that's something I took away from that. So in the chapter intro, it says, Engraving on metal plates is not easy. And I want to pause right there because I've actually done that before. When I was eight, my primary teacher brought in some plates and some engraving tools to to practice this. And it was a cool visual lesson and a a hands-on lesson because, uh, I mean, at eight, it's not like you're really proficient at writing anyway. But then to do that on metal plates, yeah, it was like, that gave me a great appreciation for how the Book of Mormon was written. And that lesson has stuck with me all these years. I still remember it now. And I think I've actually tucked away my practice plate somewhere. I got to find it. But it was a really cool lesson. So if you ever had the opportunity, I I, uh, I recommend you do it. Um, anyway, it says, and space on Nephi's small plates was limited. So why would Nephi go to the tedious effort of copying a large amount of Isaiah's writings into his record? He did it that whoso, sh- whoso shall see these words may lift up their hearts and rejoice. In a sense, the invitation to read Isaiah Isaiah's writings is an invitation to rejoice. You can take delight, as Nephi did, in Isaiah's prophecies about the gathering of Israel, the coming of the Messiah, and the millennial peace promised to the righteous. You can rejoice that even in a day of trouble and darkness, you have seen a great light. You can rejoice that that you can draw water out of the wells of salvation. In other words, you can rejoice in Christ. And that last part, you can rejoice in Christ, I, I don't want to take that for granted. Um... Sometimes I feel like because I see things out of repetition and and comment statements like that, especially in the church, uh, I have a tendency to take those for granted and not think too much about it. Um, 
But I get an insane amount of peace in my life because of the gospel and because of, of that statement, right? That, that I can rejoice in Christ. And so I don't, I don't want to take, I don't want to, as I'm reading, read that really quickly and just move on. I want to pause and, and really think about that and take a moment to reflect on all of those because it is true. And, and I'm just really grateful to have the gospel that allows me to have that peace. Um, so in the first section, ideas for personal scripture study, in the first chunk, it says, 2 Nephi chapter 11 to 25, uh, how can I better understand the teachings of Isaiah? Nephi acknowledged that for some, the words of Isaiah are not plain. That's an understatement. This can certainly be true for those who aren't familiar with ancient Jewish culture and geography like Nephi was. But Nephi also gave counsel to help us find meaning in Isaiah's writings. Uh, and, and then it has a like a sub chunk. It says, liken his words unto yourself. 2 Nephi 11.2, many of Isaiah's teachings have multiple possible meanings and applications. For example, his writings about the scattering and gathering of Israel might prompt you to think about your need to be gathered back to the Savior. And this gives me a lot of comfort, actually, knowing that there are multiple possible meanings and applications, because I feel like I have a lot more wiggle room as I'm reading, not to get stuck in the, okay, so what did Isaiah mean? What was Nephi trying to show me? It helps me to, to say, okay, what do I get from these words? Which helps me, honestly, just to relax, I think. Um, it also helps me to seek after further revelation because um, I'm not just getting so caught up in the the what, but the how can I apply this to my life. So that's, that's something that helps me. And then the next sub-chunk, it says, Seek to be filled with the spirit of prophecy, 2 Nephi 25.4. The best way to understand Isaiah's prophecies is to seek inspiration from the spirit. Pray for spiritual guidance. You may not understand everything all at once, but the Spirit can help you learn what you need to know for your life today. You might also find it helpful to refer to the study helps in the scriptures, including the footnotes, chapter headings, guide to the scriptures, and so on. Um, But back to the, you may not understand everything all at once, but the Spirit can help you learn what you need to know for your life today. That applies to all the scriptures. So that's not just this section of Second Nephi. I think that's a good study help for, for just all the scriptures throughout is that the most important thing is to seek after the Spirit so that He can tell you what you need in your life today. Um, I know that helps me in my personal study for sure. In the next chunk, it says, The right way is to believe in Christ. Nephi both introduced and concluded his quotation of Isaiah by expressing his testimony of Jesus Christ. What impresses you about his testimony? And I want to I want to pause on that and answer it. I think what what I love the most is just how direct Nephi is, especially near the end of his testimony. He just lays it out. You know, he 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 says exactly what's on his mind. And in my experience, I'm always touched and inspired the most when people sharing their testimony do that very thing. They just kind of say it as it is, they lay it out, they don't they don't seek for the perfect words or, you know, they don't stumble trying to help you understand. They just lay it out. And I was reflecting on on that. And I remembered when my sister got home from her mission and gave her her homecoming address. When she went to share her testimony, so she had given an incredible talk. It was really good. And I remember thinking on her testimony, I was like, is this going to be, you know, that that's, that's kind of how I... I measure a missionary, right? Is that that testimony when they come home? Because if I was able to be at their farewell, you know, it's fun to see the 
the, the growth in testimony from the farewell to the homecoming. And I remembered my sister's farewell really well. So I was just curious about how her homecoming would be. And it was just so powerful. And it was powerful because she she just stated truth. She didn't try and explain anything uh, you know, further. It was very direct and to the point statements of, of belief that, that she had. And I remember, you know, it was it went something like this, like I know that Heavenly Father loves me. I know Heavenly Father loves you. I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know Jesus Christ is your Savior. I know, and, and so on. It was like that. And it was just powerful. It was super powerful. And I remember, kind because of, it was so simple, and I remember just feeling, being filled with the Spirit. And it, it caught me off guard because I just, I was like, man, it's not like this is um, an eloquent way of saying it, right? It's just direct and to the point. And that's, to me, the how the Spirit works. The Spirit takes truth and then pounds it into your heart. And I think when we weave these eloquent ways of saying things, it, it can be good, but the conversion power comes from the Holy Ghost. And I think these simple statements give the most powerful effect. So um, that's what in, I th- I'm most impressed by of Nephi's testimony is how he just, he lays it down and says it as it is and allows the spirit to do the work for him. And that's what, what changed my heart. And so continuing on, it says, as you study this week, think about Nephi's desires to persuade his children to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God and note passages that persuade you to believe in, in and follow Jesus Christ. It might help to remember that many of Isaiah's teachings about the Savior are conveyed through symbols. For example, you may see the Savior in symbols such as the Lord of the Lord of a vineyard, a stone, and a light. What other symbols of Jesus Christ do you find in the in these chapters? What do these symbols teach you about him? Um, so I have no additional thoughts to that. Um, and also, I just want to throw out there, if you haven't noticed, I'm the type of person that does seem to continue like trying to explain what I mean and I want to practice being better at being more direct that's something that I want to work on because as I've said I've seen it in people and I've seen the power it has in my life I would like to get better at that so that I can allow the spirit to do all the talking for myself so I hope no one thinks that you know I uh I think I'm good at it because I'm not but it is something I want to work on because like I said I've seen that effect in my life of of others and I just want to work on it um, in the next chunk, 2 Nephi 12 to 13, says the proud and worldly will be humbled. Nephi had foreseen that pride would cause the downfall of his people. And I, I'm pausing on that because I think I've mentioned this before, but it would just, to like, it would be tough to move forward, I think, for me, to move forward in faith, knowing the future of my posterity, right? Um, knowing that in the end, that the Nephites would reject Christ and would be destroyed because of that, I think that would just be super tough for me to know that that would be the outcome of my posterity. Um, and I and I know I've said this before, but but then for him to be able to know also all the good that was going to come in the next thousand years of, from his posterity would make it worth it. But it would still be tough. It would, I, to me, it would still be tough. 
Uh, continuing on, it says, So it's not surprising that Nephi would share with his people Isaiah's repeated warnings against pride. In chapters 12 and 13, look for words that Isaiah used to describe pridefulness, such as lofty and haughty. Then you might try paraphrasing these warnings in your own words as if you were writing a message to yourself to warn about pride. And I think it would be kind of cool. Like, I want to take just that paraphrase that I did for myself and then just put that on my mirror or somewhere where I can see that and constantly be reminded of it because those reminders are helpful. Because I, I just think it's easy to slip into the pride cycle if you're not being aware of it, that it exists and that it happens to all of us. So those daily reminders are helpful. And then in the last chunk of this first section, it says in the millennium, God's people will enjoy peace. You might find it helpful to visualize yourself in the place of Nephi and his people. Imagine you fled from Jerusalem just before it was destroyed. And now you are now you are part of the scattering of Israel. How might it have felt to read Isaiah's teachings about the future gathering of Israel and a peaceful millennium? As Latter-day Saints, we have been called to help gather God's people in the latter days in preparation for Christ's millennial reign. As you read these verses, ponder how you are helping fulfill the prophecies that the, the prophecies they describe. What do you feel inspired to do to help gather God's people? And I think that should be a daily question. Um, this is it. This is this is the fourth quarter, final minutes of the game before Christ comes. And he's coming for the championship. And I just, I think that's the, the question we should be asking ourselves every day is, is what are we doing to help be part of his work? What, what are we doing right now, this day, to help move that work forward? And that will help focus your day to be able to accomplish the most good. So in the next section of Ideas for Family Scripture Study and Family Home Evening, in the first chunk, it says 2 Nephi 12, 1 to 3. If you have been to the temple, the mountain of the Lord's house, you might share with your family how temple covenants are helping you walk in the Lord's path. If you have not been to the temple, reading these, script, these verses together might inspire a discussion about how you can prepare for temple blessings. And something that Lex and I felt inspired to do early on in our marriage was we wanted to put a picture of the temple in our house so that we could always see it. And because we did that, Flynn, now that he's starting to, you know, learn words and stuff, he loves when he sees the picture of the temple or just, you know, someone has a picture of the temple in their home, he'll point at it and he'll say like, oh, it's a temple, the temple. He gets really excited. And I love that. I love that, that we decided to do that early on before we had kids and that now as our kids are growing up, they have that constant image of the temple. And, you know, what I foresee further down the road is that because they're excited now, and hopefully we keep them excited, they'll be excited to make covenants in the temple. And that's what it's all about. And so that's something that, that I'm glad we did was to be able to kind of surround our home with temples. In Second uh, Nephi chapter 15, 18 to 23, the next chunk, it says, Can your family think of modern examples of the unrighteous ideas that these verses describe? How can we avoid being deceived by false ideas about good and evil? And to me, it, it, we've got to be studying the scriptures and we've got to be listening to the prophet. That, that's what we have to be doing. There's, there is a ton out there that is so confusing. Um, and especially with just the amount of media that we're, our houses are open to now. Um you know, with social media and with the internet, it's, it's like a floodgate and we got to stick close 
to the shepherd, especially with all these confusing things that are out there. Um, to me, if you if you have something right that's confusing to you, then make that the focus of your study. Make make that what you are focusing on trying to like find answers to or words of the prophets that have been given on that particular subject. Make that the study. Do not just go with the flow. That's that's what Come Follow Me was set up for, was to be able to accommodate our individual needs and circumstances and not to be like, well, this is the set schedule, so you have to do it. If you know, we made these changes, let's utilize them. And so what I take from that is do not pro- procrastinate the needs of yourself or the needs of your family. And with so much happening on a constant day-to-day basis, um, you know, it's like if something challenges your testimony, don't even hesitate to be able to find the answers that are out there through the scriptures and through the prophets. They're out there, so so I would make that the focus of the study. In the next in the next chunk, Second Nephi twenty one, it says, "If your family needs help understanding this chapter, which corresponds to Isaiah chapter eleven, you might find insights in Doctrine and Covenants section one thirteen, verses one to six, in which the prophet Joseph Smith answers some questions about Isaiah eleven. What do we learn about Jesus Christ from these verses?" And what I actually liked about this was sometimes I feel silly that if Isaiah, both Isaiah and Second Nephi the Isaiah chapters feel kind of confusing, but Joseph Smith also sought clarification, right? And so I don't think we have any reason to feel silly about these being, you know, kind of tougher chapters to read through. And really we should take it from Joseph Smith's example and really search out when we have these challenges. In the next chunk, 2 Nephi 21.9, what are some specific things that we can do to help fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. And something that I thought of was just don't be ashamed to talk about the gospel. And we don't need to be preachy about it. We don't need to, you know, kind of be, I don't know, like it's part of our daily life, right? It's it's our constant daily experience. So I know for me, I've worked on not feeling weird about sharing it or talking about it. If I have an experience at church and I'll talk to my friends that aren't members about it and it's, I don't do it with the intent that, um, Oh, this should help convert you because I just think that's kind of the the wrong spirit to be doing it with. But I share it because it's important to me and my friends care about me and that's helped me feel really comfortable about talking about the gospel is recognizing that it's something sacred to me and if my friends really love me they'll understand that and they'll hold it um you know with high regard too and from what i've seen that's been true and so i would just that's what i took away for myself was like don't be ashamed to share the gospel um yeah and then i do not have any additional things i want to share on the last chunk second nephi 25 23 to 26 but I have some, just some scriptures that I wanted to share some of my thoughts on that I got from this week. So the first one was 2 Nephi chapter 11, verse 2. And it says, And now I, Nephi, write more of the words of Isaiah, for my soul delighteth in his words. For I will liken his words unto my people, and I will send them forth unto all my children. 
for he verily saw my Redeemer, even as I have seen him. So let's just, you know, soak that in, right? Uh, Nephi, or excuse me, well, no, both Nephi and Jacob, right? They both saw, um, they both saw Jesus Christ. And, and it says about Jacob in verse three, it says, and my brother Jacob also has seen him. And that's kind of easy to, that, that little verse is easy to skip over. And then I read, I, you know, focused on, it. I was like, oh my gosh, well, that's a thing. And it, I don't know. I think it's just really cool. <laughs> that's, that's really all that I, in the past, I think it's been easy for me to skip over that. But this this week, I was like, nope, not skipping over that this time. In the next one is Second Nephi chapter twelve verse three, where it says, "And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us of His ways, and we will walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem." And we are still encouraged to do that today, right? Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. And in other words, the temple. And that was something that Lex and I were able to do this week. And I'm really glad that we did it. Just going to the temple. We used to be in a really good habit of going to the temple regularly. And then after Maggie was born, we have had a, a rougher time reestablishing that schedule of going. And we're trying to get back into it, but I just, it's the the amount of peace I get both from being in there. And then once we leave, it's just, oh, I love the temple. And it's so easy to forget how important the temple is in our life. And uh, that's why I think it's just, if you have a kind of expectation of yourself to be going, that will help keep those good patterns in place. The next one is 2 Nephi 13, verse 12, where it says, And my people, children, and my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they who lead thee, cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. And that, uh, and my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. For whatever reason, this week when I was reading that, I was thinking about um, what, I'm, what, what can be seen in the world right now where I think especially my generation and the generation after, I'm a millennial, and I'm just seeing um, somewhat of a concerning movement, I guess, where there's a ton of loud voices that don't seem to actually be the righteous voices or the, not like even the logical voices, um, that are, I don't know, just essentially what I'm getting at is when I read this verse, it made me see that we can actually see this in the world right now, where there are these movements that are more about tearing others down or about putting one group of people over another group of people and so on. And and I, I just realized, like, you know, what Isaiah was prophesying about, it's happening right now. You just turn on the television, you can see it. And so that helped me, like, look at this more of like, oh, yeah, this is this is a current 
um, scripture more than an ancient one. And uh, just gave me a better appreciation. And then in 2 Nephi chapter 15, 19 to 20, it says that say, so in 19, that say, let him make speed, hasten his work that we may see it. And let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come, that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Really, the, the reason this stuck out to me was just because, like I said, it's it's current. This is happening. And, and I was just kind of more aware of that as I read that verse. And then in... 2 Nephi 24, verse 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? And that that stuck out. It reminded me that we are all prone to weaknesses. You know, at one point, Satan was known as the son of the morning. And and kind of look at him now. So it was, it was just a, a warning to me, if nothing else, to be careful who I hold up to be my heroes and mentors. Because... Uh, my focus and my anchor needs to be Christ and kind of everyone else is is prone to weakness just as I am and, and just to be careful that that's kind of it was that you know if Lucifer could fall I mean really all of us are have the potential to and so obviously we need to do the opposite and not but you know just be careful who for me, who I hold up to be my hero, my heroes and my mentors, right? Um, so those are the scriptures that that stuck out to me this week. And I want to hear which scripture stuck out to you and what kind of had the biggest impact on your week. And I'd love for you to share that with me. Also, if you had any questions from your study that you thought of that you think could benefit my study or something I could focus on, please send those my way because I want to hear them. And otherwise, thank you for joining me uh, for this, uh, this podcast episode, and, and I will catch you in the next one. Thanks.